You got it. LCD sound system. All my friends. That's right. They like piano. A lot. <laughs> I like piano. down for a minute <laughs> Eric Heidenberger is the guest of the day um, I love that you're here thank you sir thanks for having me you're welcome stay up on that thing the mic there you go oh, right here that's better Where'd you hear this band from, or how'd you get turned on to LCD, uh, LCD sound system? Well, I've heard this song years ago, and yeah. it has become a band favorite for all my friends. For real? Yeah, and we're actually going to go so see you them. So you turned them on to it? Yeah, we saw them at the Anthem yeah. probably four years ago, and it was maybe one of the best live performance shows I've ever seen. Right. And we're going back up to New York actually in two weeks to go see him play in Brooklyn. And it's been kind of like the hope and dream since the start of the pandemic to go back to see a live show and LCD sound system has been top of the list. So, so you to get to see LCD sound system also in New York and Brooklyn and everything like that. Now that, you know, it's end of everything is trending back toward normalcy, trying to get there. We're getting close. It's kind of special, you know? Yeah. It's like a perfect sort of like homecoming in a way, like seeing a band you love in a city that you used to live in. You know, New York's awesome. You yeah. know, it's a, a city that's just like unlike any other, unique to itself, maybe to an extent. And uh, what the the pandemic unleashed on like a lot of metropolises, just like it, the soul's been sort of stripped. But, well, everyone was saying New York is done. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, and yeah, it's like New York's not going to go anywhere. I don't think so. No, same like same with DC. Yeah, DC. I mean, DC has the 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 the, per, the perk or the the luxury or the anchor of the federal government. We talked earlier, yeah. um, and that certainly sort of keeps it. Af- well, I think always keep it afloat. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but New York has New York. Talk about international, just everything. Like you're not going to find a city like New York anywhere else. Better chicken cutlet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good bodega. Yeah, bodega. Got me like through corner, my times in New York. Store, oh, right? yeah. yeah. Open 24 hours, whatever yeah. you need. The essentials. Cold hut hoagie. Yeah, yeah. Or just like a box of Cheerios. Box of Cheerios, <laughs> some gummy bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gatorade. 
it's funny how it's like, all right, that's they call it a bodega because it's from like a certain ethnicity. Started the bodegas. It's not just like a corner store. Yeah, you no, know what I'm mean, saying. What is bodega? Where does it come from? I don't know. Should we Google it? Could if we had a. I was hoping to have a. Um, ever listen to Joe Rogan? Uh, in bits and pieces, mostly from what gets posted. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a guy. Clips. He's got a, like a, his quote producer. His name is Jamie. Um, I wanted Jamie, and uh, the number one like Google machine things, but number two um, to operate like the, I want to get cameras. You know, yeah. I want to have like the the visual element to go with the the radio voice and, and Elvis in the background. <laughs> yeah, the full ex- one another dimension of the experience. Okay, you ready for bodega? Please. Usually a small grocery store in an urban area, specifically, or one specializing in Hispanic groceries. There you go. That's what I was sort of looking for. Yeah. So it's in a Hispanic sort of route there, you know, probably Spanish and in uh, etymology. Would make um, sense. And then we have corner stores here. Yeah. But like. Not nearly as cool as the bodegas bodega. in New York. In and of itself, just the name. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Busy day for you. Thanks for being here and like carving out some time. You of course, know, for an old old friend. Um. So you're gonna go from here to the Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter. Yeah. This is sweet. Downtown. Is it, is it Dupont. Off a of Dupont Circle, just uh, block south. We've been there now for almost 12 years. Mad Hatter is 40 years old in DC, and the first one was on M Street. Um. Back when M Street was kind of it was M Street. Like it was the, ground zero the, for heart of Fun. DC nightlife all the yeah. way through Georgetown and back over to Connecticut Avenue, but has since shifted a lot in DC as a lot of people know neighborhoods that weren't very popular before you wouldn't go into, um, have now kind of taken over and dispersed the nightlife, um, kind of throughout the city, which is like fun. Yeah. It's great. You, know, you want diversity. You want more, you want maybe to an extent competition. You want, isn't it a whole idea of like rising tide lift rising tide lifts all boats? Yeah, sort of thing. Well, kind of. You see some parts of DC that were supposed to be like the the emerge the emerging next hotspot. Columbia right. Heights was you know, eight years ago was supposed to be like the next spot where a lot of brokers were coming to us to try to open a new restaurant. And you know, you go look at it, and some places have the feeling of yeah, this could be the next spot. Uh, we never did anything in Columbia Heights, but then you see Shaw really starting to to boom and then the development they've done at the wharf has just been unreal yeah yeah and uh we didn't we didn't touch that because of just the the rent deals there were way through the roof yeah Yeah. with one hand in your pocket in terms of percentage sales and everything too what do you mean by that sorry so landlords will do um lease structures where you'll pay a like a base rent and then there's a break point for sales and like royalties if, yeah basically. so you're like if you, if you hit a benchmark of you know x amount in sales then there's a tipping point where then they can get six percent of your gross sales as additional rent so like i'm okay if you know if you're doing well landlord should kind of do well but if the rent is so high as a base rent and then you're Start succeeding with. and then you know it, it just cuts into your margins and something that we can get into more detail but a restaurant being profitable is a success in and of itself. Um, and if you get into where you're 
it's like further losing further more hooks. Rent. Yeah, and there's there's so many hooks that happen in and a restaurant you, in general. I guess you can do that if uh, the landlord's like this is a hot spot, you know. Yeah. And so there's going to be demand for it, such that you can just or you can pull off that six percent or whatever. Yeah, money. but then you know the the alternative is landlord will yeah they'll get their money and then a business will be out of business in two years. Then you have to start all over again. The space is vacant. Have to find a new tenant. And you know something in our model has always been: we want to be twenty-year guys. We want a long-term lease. We want something that's going to work for us. It works for the landlord, and you know they get the consistency with us, which you know there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, that's, I, I think that. Yeah, and you're, you're, I mean, did your father, Dickie, was he the first in the industry, or was it another? Was another generation up? No, Dick is the first. Uh, my grandfather actually moved and immigrated here from Germany uh, back in 1952. And he started as a lawyer um, working in journalism and um, was kind of doing more diplomatic relations in D.C. And then he actually bought the rights to Dortmunder Brewery distribution in the United States. So uh, here's this guy who was wearing many hats, but yeah. it was kind of the first thing where my dad saw this entrepreneurial aspect from his own father mm -hmm. um and my dad was going to follow in the footsteps was going to go get a you know his law degree <clears throat> and he was bartending during that time and was bartending at a place called Cousteau's mm -hmm. and uh old Jacques he was yeah he was uh getting pretty good at it he was pretty popular yeah. he started playing how old is he at the time he was probably older 20s yeah and he wanted to fill out the bar and he was like, what's a good social aspect to you know get a group of people in here and then come see me at the bar. So we started playing rugby for pack rugby in, in DC and Friday, Saturday nights, he had the thing packed with not only his teammates, but whoever the, the opposing team yeah, was. Yeah. And he's looking at it and he's like, well, I'm making just the money on the tips. You know, what yeah. if I just started my own yeah. bar restaurant? And that was when the, the birth of the bottom line, the OG of, our group was started in 1979. So cool, man. Yeah. So it's he like, was 29 when he when he started his first. <laughs> he was like heading in, in one direction. It's like you never know in life when like light bulbs will go on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're younger, younger years when the, the whole you're more formative. Your clay is like, you know, not hardened yet, yeah. you know, and things kind of, what's the, uh, what's the nothing. thing that lays the, the most, the, what, as you can perceive it, the deepest sort of impression. And, um, and you got to like, listen to those sort of things. Yeah. I mean, something that I've learned and same thing was just kind of, you're bouncing around when you're in your young twenties, you have no idea. You think you know what you want to do yeah. or what you want in life. And, uh, you know, best advice that, you know, from, my experience in, in watching other people is just surround yourself with the most amount of opportunities as you can. Um, and if you treat people well, more doors will open. And then you you may find something that you never knew it existed, uh, but then it just feels right. And then you can continue down that path. It's like a whole nother, like how life is funny with like, um, sometimes the stages repeat themselves in and of your own existence. You know, you start like your parents expose you to a whole array of different sports. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, this sport, say, say lacrosse, for example, that's the one that's, you know, the, the, the pathway, the door that I enjoy most. Yeah. You know, and then you're like in college or whatever. You're like, I don't, I don't know. So you take a liberal arts approach, like buckshot. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
eh, maybe this one kind of works for me by your time of your junior year. That's going to be my major. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get out and you're like, hmm, not necessarily the same person as like, pers- I don't know if I want to pursue like poli sci. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's a great example of just like where parents is the best parenting and the most respect that you have for parents is like, Give their kids the best opportunity, but don't say, hey, you're going to go play this sport and this is what you're going to do because I want you to play that because that's what I played. And And maybe didn't play it well enough. Yeah. And you want to live vicariously and make up for it for your kid. But It's like, I was talking yesterday with a friend. It's funny. It's like um, everyone obviously like picks a profession that would be, I think, closest to sort of like, you know, your skill set or your calling, you know, and you sort of live your... Your hopefully your passion, and uh, that's great. It's, I think that's ever, that is everyone's calling should be. Um, but then again, like with parenting, mm-hmm. it's like everyone is called to be a parent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like you know, inevitably, it's like certain people, it's more of a calling than others. Um, but uh, you know, to uh, it's a huge responsibility, obviously, to to, to rear a child. Bring, yeah. Well, the I ways can't. of the world, but uh, it's uh, it's funny how I think that. All right, I'm good at banking, and I'm going to do it, you know, because that's that's sort of my skill set. However, everyone, not everyone, but a majority, are also called to be parents, but maybe not necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that's I guess that's where there's two, and maybe hopefully one of them knows what the heck's going on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's yeah, it's. it's could not be more overstated how important, obviously, parenting is. It's everything. It's every. It's everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you wouldn't be who you are without good parenting. Yeah, like I would say this: it's really hard. I would say, um, if you don't have a positive sort of experience and with wise sort of mom and dads, to uh, once you're twenty, twenty-five, thirty, to be content and successful. Yeah. I mean, we're extremely fortunate for education opportunities that we were provided with growing up. And, you know, when you start to get older, you respect it more. And I I don't have kids yet, but uh, when that day does come, I just, I know that respect for your parents will only increase just as you start to go through the decisions and the sacrifices that, you know, they made for us. And we're just so unappreciative when we're little kids. Um, it's just but natural. It's, it's, a, it's you know? a job, and you sacrifice so much in your life. And you like try to impart this sort of thankfulness in, like when he's teaching modern day for like the fifth graders. Just like you gotta say, I love you to your parents, and you gotta say thank you as much as you yeah. can because you're gonna be there at some point and be like, God damn it, they did a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but it's like it's I don't know, it's not falling on deaf ears. I mean, if you hear it enough, to be like, oh, yeah, there might be something to this. Maybe you know. Yeah, that's all you can do. Yeah, I was just down at the gas station and like I was talking to the guy down there, and his name is Suleiman. Hmm. And uh, I'm like, "What are you doing for Thanksgiving?" He's like, "Going to my daughter's house." It's like the tables have turned, haven't they, Suleiman? He's like, "Yes, I've done it for so long, and now they can do it for me." And he's probably <laughs> excited about that. This is great, yeah. you know. I was like, "All right, so you don't no pressure, you know." Bring a side dish, and you've earned it. Exactly right. Yeah. Bring a side dish. Bring a smile. Bring your appetite. Sit on the couch. What can I get you? Maybe you know? clean a couple of dishes afterwards. <laughs> that's, that's the yeah. hardest thing, yeah. man. After the feast. Yeah. And it's usually like a day of just like a 
you're going to have a beer probably early, you know, and then just like wine is flowing or whatever it might be, eat a huge meal. And it's like, I don't know, six or seven, you're like. Second game of football is on. Yeah. And it's like the couch. It's like, oh, but there's all these dishes. Take, like, uh. take a nap, <laughs> have seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we had, um, so my sister, I think I told you earlier in the kitchen, I didn't actually. Uh, she's going up to uh, Buffalo Bay, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and my mom and I are going to go to the beach. So on this past Sunday, we did a Thanksgiving raid at my mom's house right oh, nice. around the corner. And inevitably, it's like my sisters and her, and her husband are like, rightfully so. Um, they're like, we got to get the girls to bed. I'm like, sounds good. So, <laughs> and my mom's like the sort, she's like kind of old school. My mom and dad, I guess, always like never leave the kitchen undone before bed. I'm like, I'm personally, as you probably saw in my kitchen, there's <laughs> there's dishes in the thing that. We're not from breakfast. Yeah. Um, it's Elvis's fault. It's though. Elvis's fault. It's always the dogs. But like, I wouldn't have any problem with uh, put the food away and just sit down and enjoy and then do them in the morning. Not when you're with Mama G. Yeah. <laughs> her house, her rules. Respect. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Um, busy day today. Excited? Busy day. Busiest yeah. bar day. It's kind of appropriate or whatever that like we're talking on the busiest bar day ever yeah. you know and just how our schedule sort of fleshed out yeah i think it's yeah you know, busiest bar day i say even more than new year's yeah uh, you know more people consume alcohol this day than they do any other day but it's about getting back with those childhood friends yeah. family and you know what better occasion to celebrate and i'm we're, we're just grateful this year to be to the point where we can actually get back together again with friends and family. Did you have anything last year? Mm-hmm. Matt Hatter nothing. Matt? No. Nothing. No. Matt Hatter wasn't even open uh, this time last year because where we were located, the hours uh, we had to be done by midnight, and um, you know everyone had to be seated at a table. There's no bar service, and you know for a place like Matt Hatter, it's 75 percent of our business comes through the bar. Yeah. So last liquor, year, just, liquor booze is king. Booze is king. Yeah. It doesn't go bad. Then by the nature of alcohol is that which like cleanses, you know, it's, it's a cleansing agent. Therefore it's not going to spoil probably. Yeah. It depends on what your research you're you're looking into, but, uh, (laughs) it, from a, like a business standpoint, yes, it drives sales, but the, the cost perspective on all the alcohol is less than you, you are in food. Um, and just, you know, restaurants they're always making more of their profit off of that bottle of wine that they're selling at the table when you go in to have dinner the you know the martini or the beer that you get or that digestif and um you know just the food margin is just double um in cost wise than it is for for the beverage side of stuff yeah and it's almost like a self-feeding cycle in a way that's like i'm gonna have one and then it's like i want now that it's i want to have another one because i've had one yeah it snowballs in a way. It's like, I have a cheeseburger, but I got no more room for another one. <laughs> but I yeah. got another one from a martini. Yeah, of course, light. You can have more <laughs> yeah. than one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, then it gets in the dynamic of everyone can be like that, that popular spot to go to for the first time. And then it's, do you have the legs and the, the culture and the vibe for, you can go have a couple course lights, but we go back a week or two weeks from now. And, you know, a lot of places that are so food driven, like chef driven, which isn't really our business model. Um, you see them super hot for a year and then they just kind of fade away. And it's, why is that? And I think it's something for everyone that everyone has their favorite go-to restaurant. And it's like, why is that your favorite go-to restaurant? And, you know, for me personally, going to have a seven course prefix meal 
and you feel like you just paid for like what could have been a flight to an to Europe. Yeah. Um, is that what's going to bring you back, or is it going to be something that you know the staff is great? You might have a personal relationship with the manager, or and you just it's really experience. enjoy the kind of yeah the experience the vibe, and it's consistent. You know, you're going to go back and get that same level of service, and you know the prices aren't going to be outrageous, and that's kind of what the niche has been for for our group um, over the last 40, 40 years. Makes sense, you know. Um, again, I mean, you, you put alcohol into the equation, you know, it relaxes inhibitions. You feel better about yourself and the world and your, whatever you're at right now, whatever chapter you're in, and you, you compound that with like nice people. Yeah, yeah, and a good and good service. It's like, wait a minute, I really had fun there. Um, and unless you're like a really like a foodie person, mm-hmm. great. Um, th- I think the majority would gravitate toward that sort of experience of like, let's have, let's, let's have some drinks. Let's, let's, let's be around friends and be around really nice people. And like, if they wake up in the morning, you're like, that was fun. I'm going to go back. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about people, right? And the connections Everything. you Everything make is. and, um, you know, the, the burger is going to be pretty much the same wherever you go. I mean, there's yeah, a couple yeah. top couple burger places that you're like, that's a good <laughs> burger. But, you know, we always like to say, you know, it's like a Bud Light from one place to the next is the same. But yeah, the, the exactly. feeling, the culture, the vibe of, a, of an gonna, establishment is what people remember. How are you going to build on that yeah. drink? Yeah. You know, it's the same, you know, get a rum and Coke or a Bud Light or a martini. But I'm like, wait a minute. What's going to be the the surround the experience or, yep. you know, the, uh, what comes with it. And that's where you come in, <laughs> you know, that's where the staffing comes in. That's where like hiring comes in. That's where mm-hmm. decor and like, you know, like the, that's where the human element comes yeah. in. Yeah. You know, which is, uh, can be hard to pinpoint and put your finger on. And that's where like the art art side, uh, over a science side i think would uh, you know help flesh that out yeah. you know mad hatter sweet i, I love the right and don't you have the mad hatter with the with the card in the hat right yeah painting the, the murals with the paintings on the wall from what i remember i haven't been in yep. a while that's okay you know it's slick we're, we're getting past your your age demographic and mine included <laughs> it's it's when i spend a friday or saturday night in there working i'm just like whew. yeah I, I immediately feel my age when yeah. i'm in there on a friday or saturday night yeah and you wake up in the morning, you're like, man, I guess I'm going to do it again. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it brings you joy. Oh, for sure. Um, extremely happy to be in business with my, my dad and brother. And uh, Alex and I grew up doing it when we were little kids. And I don't say little kid, but I was, you know, 13, standing on milk crates, making waffles at Mango's and <laughs> Bethany for brunch. And my brother was the flipping omelets, you know, yeah. across the way. And, it, you know, it's something that we had in our blood since we were young, uh, working in restaurants and you know, to be honest, our dad didn't want us to follow in his footsteps and gave us every opportunity to go kind of chart our own yeah, path. Yeah. And, uh, we tried that. I, I did it. I worked in an office in New York and did the nine to five and learned a lot of great valuable lessons and just realized there wasn't enough like creativity and human interaction. Uh, it just wasn't the right fit I think for me. And, uh, ended up coming back home and started working at the new Mad Hatter location. And uh, I will be completely honest, it's Dick never gave Alex and any, anything uh, 
you know, just because we were his sons, there was no um, preferential treatment. Yeah, there was there was none of that. It was you had to earn it, and probably even more so than so another it, person. So it isn't business. Yeah, um, it's like it's, it's no stripped nepotism. down, stripped down capitalism yeah. in, the, in the restaurant industry. Yeah, and uh, you know, at the time, and it's difficult, and you're having to work your butt off. But you know, when you get to that point of now being an equal partner and uh, a majority of the locations with your father, it's pretty cool. And it wasn't just something that was given to you, but, and then I can turn and, and look at other partners and managers. And then you've gained that respect because they know you weren't just given something by being a, you know, a son of a mm-hmm. guy that started in the business. Mm-hmm. And in the last uh, eight years or so, we've, my brother and I and have helped kind of broaden our um, portfolio and going to different neighborhoods. And, and we have Shaw's Tavern in, in Shaw neighborhood, 801 restaurant, um, we bought a place in Mount Vernon Triangle and, and opened a new concept called Prost, uh, which is a German concept, kind of modeling after our, kind of our, our family history roots. Yeah. And, you know, we have the new spot in Bethany called Hideaway and Mangoes has been there. And that was the first place I worked at in a restaurant. And we actually just picked up a new location, which will be launching next spring, uh, which we're, we're pumped about. No, here in D.C., yeah. That's more your sphere, it seems. Yeah, I, I've kind of drew the short end of the stick. Uh I got <laughs> I got DC more than uh Alex did. He he kinda is his wife is from there and yeah. they spend a lot of their time down at the beach yeah. uh, in general. But and you gotta have the divide and conquer aspect. I probably get down there once every other week in the summertime and the meat potatoes of the season. Alex will be down there majority of those three months, June, July and August and and I'll be here. And to be honest, I'm I'm happy. And um, you know, we got great spots here, great staff, and it's fun going to work. Mm-hmm. Being in New York, you know, maybe you're more of a city boy than Big Al. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, who isn't a beach? Guy? I mean, I know that. I know <laughs> it's like, that. It's on a spectrum here. Yeah, it's relative to the Heidenberger yeah. clan. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you yeah, beach people we, through and through. But yeah, like, you know, trust me, uh, DC is a year-round Market, place too. It's yeah. like the beach where. This is the last weekend for Mangoes. Hideaway closed after Labor Day. And, you know, DC, it's, there's something always going on. And, you know, we're open pretty much every day of the year, except for Christmas. Amen. It's Santa's Day. Look at all this. I guess we're not too, not entertaining enough. No. <laughs> for the Our big audience e. of one is asleep. <laughs> um, you said that your dad's like, hey, don't follow my necessarily. Don't follow my footsteps. Yeah. How come? What do you think? I think that is something where he didn't want to feel like he was controlling yeah. his kids' destiny, right? Yeah. And I mean, and also maybe he just didn't want to work with his sons, you know, uh, <laughs> to start. And I try to a lot put of times, myself. A lot of times it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work for family of finance. People. And it's new. And there's definitely tough, real conversations you need to have, but. Uh, you know, we're trying to get better at just being open and communicating. If something bothers you in any relationship you have, whether it's in business or in your personal life, it's like if you hold a grudge and kind of hold something in versus just being open and honest about it, you're usually going to create a bigger problem. Yeah. Uh, you won't personally be happy and, you know, probably affect your relationship. So, you know, we've gotten better at that. There's still, you know, challenges that you go through, but in any partnership in life, you're going to have that. And um, at the end of the day, Family comes first. That's what takes precedent. And, uh, you know, if you can run a successful business as a family, it's you, got, you kind of got the best 
case scenario. Such a, such a bonus. Such a yeah. Bad. You're definitely the exception to the rule, you know? Yeah. Um, I said earlier, it's like... Yeah, and they said don't go business with friends. And- but it's like, it's, it's you bring up a really good point. Like, the whole, I think the whole idea of a grudge happens with, um, without realness and conversation. Yeah. If you keep holding it in one day, two day, three day, this whole thing inside just kind of grows. Um, and then uh, it can poison whatever uh, the situation might be. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's hard to, especially with family. And then you, you take the, and then also money, you know, yeah. just family. Okay, fine. Just money. Okay, fine. Put them together. Like it's, uh, it's, it's difficult. You know, it takes like a, you know, a, a unicorn sort of circumstance for it to harmoniously and successfully work. And it comes, you know, a lot of it does come down to like to trust and, and, um, just being open and, you know, yeah. It's the most yeah. important thing. And like, what do you value in life too? You Values. Know, if, you, yeah, if, you put, if you put, you know, fame and money ahead of, a lot of the more important things you'll end up making some pretty bad decisions yeah. along the way. And it's, it's hard to give that advice and then to step back and realize it yourself when things are starting to trend down that path of mm-hmm. starting to make decisions that just probably aren't the best for relationships and what matters the most uh, in life. And you now it's unfortunate. There's, I think there's a lot of people that get to that. It's too late to kind of the, look back on your life and say, man, I wish I had done some things differently. I mean, we can all do that, but there's those major pivotal moments in life where you just being like, you know what? All that other stuff didn't really matter. Um, it's the relationships, family, personal friends that I think end up really mattering the most. Uh, and that comes from youth. It comes from your upbringing. It comes from education. It comes from your men household, for others. men for others. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's a, I say this often, like the quote, like I, everything I needed to learn in life, I learned in kindergarten. <laughs> you know, don't hit, don't steal, yeah. be nice, smile. Yeah, like shake your, share, look, share look. your snack. Yeah, yeah, share. Yeah, I always tell the kids like, Johnny doesn't have a lunch. Yeah, it's easy to give him a lunch, give him like half your sandwich after you've eaten the other half and your chips and your cheese thing and and downed a a, a, a milk. Yeah. Because you're full, like, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're really hungry, you're gonna give them half the sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the so sandwich. Like, what? I don't get yeah. it. I'm like, yeah, you don't get it. <laughs> I don't know if I do either. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, man. So what are you gonna do today? So today's Wednesday. You're gonna be down there slinging. Yeah, tonight we have uh, behind the bar. Mu- no, I will not be slinging. Okay, I had man. to. You, I've been kind of retiring, throwing up my, you know. Bar yeah, keys, yeah, yeah. but uh, this year I had to get back behind the bar a lot because of yeah. reopening and whatnot. But tonight we have live music. Uh, one of our partners and best friends, Frank Wilson from yeah. uh, high school, his younger yeah. brother Johnny is going to come out and play at Mad Hatter tonight. I love it. And I know there's the the prep smoker. Uh, yep. So hopefully maybe we'll get some guys who'll come over after They're that. They're going to be on at um, Surfside. Yep. Um, I'll be there. Maybe I'll try to lead a lead a push. I told Brett Graham yesterday. Deeper into the come, city. So. Yes. We're going to DuPont right now. Mad Hatter himself. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you get that name? Or whoever got that name. So, I mean, you said it existed for a while. Yeah. Dick, yeah. Dick got it from a bar in New York. Yeah. It was called the Mad Hatter, and they had all these hats up on the ceiling. And uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Yeah. And he decided to, to, to launch it in D.C., and 
The new one definitely has more of like the the Allison. It's a magical Lewis story. Carol it's a really. I, I need. I need to read it again. You yeah. Know? Uh, it's a magical, whimsical. Whimsicals. Like. Good. High, sort of. Trippy. Psychedelic sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool because you're when you're when you're in a bar, it's like you're having some drinks. You're like, this, this is right. This is right. If you're having like breakfast, like a donut and like a, a coffee. We're like, yeah, it's okay, a <laughs> yeah, a little bit much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what else you got? So, you got eight hundred one mm-hmm. Shaw's Tavern, Provost. Prost. Oh, I'm sorry. Prost. Prost. Yeah. It's not a university. Yeah. Prost. Prost. With, a, with a V, right? Yeah. No, it's P-R-O-S-T. Okay. It's literally cheers. Pro, uh, Prost. Simple cheers. In German? In German. Yeah. Frau Collins? Yeah. Did, yeah. Did you? Frau. Oh, no. I, I had Frau. Yeah. She was yeah. My, right? Yeah. Three yeah. years of German. Yeah. Same. Einbischen. That's all I remember from German, pretty much. Einbischen. I know a little bit. Yeah. I, ich habe Hunger. Yeah. I have Hunger. <laughs> ich habe Ich habe Durst. Or- ich Toilette gehen. In Schuldigung. Excuse me. I need to be excused. Those, are, those were the, the <laughs> totally most good. used yeah. terms in, in Frau's class. She was she was awesome. She was a great teacher. A wonderful person. Retired yeah. now. Her, her. Um, brother, his father, Sauter. Yeah. And I don't, he wasn't there when I was there. He came, I think, the last year that I was at prep. He's a great dude. Yeah. An old salt, traditional sort of Catholic Awesome dude. Yeah. I see him like, I'm, I'm coaching lacrosse. I'm going to hopefully coach lacrosse this spring of prep. Oh, great. The JV. Um, man, in the past when I've coached, I'm like, I see this guy walking across the field, a man in black. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's so, does he, he lives right over there on like Gulf Lane. Oh, does he? Got he? a little ha- yeah, house. Yeah. Probably near Perro's house over yeah. there. Yeah. It's, it's like a, kind of an unfortunate that like, there's not that many uh, men of the cloth yeah. on staff, you know, on staff. I teach there anymore. It's, yeah. it's Van Dyke and it's Sauter. I think that maybe Elliot. Is Phil Elliot still going? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know anymore. Oh, man. But like, I don't know. You want, you want, like, who do I, I recently saw, yeah, there's a school called Don Bosco Cristo Rey, I mm-hmm. think. Is that the school? That they, they just hired their first lay, like, president, you know, mm-hmm. instead of having, and it's always been religious, you know. And that might be like sort of like right on the wall for some of these yeah. Catholic slash Jesuit institutions, which is, hey, you know, just do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're, you know, a, a priest or a lay person or, you know, just like obviously live the faith and it perhaps could be, quote, easier um, if you have like a Roman collar on and you're a priest. Yeah. But whatever. Um. What do you like most about the everything? That work? <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. what. Yeah, uh, about yeah. Why do you like it? So when your dad's like, "Don't have to do it," that's probably the best sort of like approach advice. We talked earlier about parenting, right? Yeah. And to an extent, it's like obviously you got to like teach the kid the basic kindergartens yep. all throughout life. Yep. You know, respect women all the way down the list. Um, but also it's like you know trying to live vicariously through your son or daughter probably not a great idea no. just to let them sort of like yeah don't do it i mean it may be in in, in dickie's heart it's like it could be fun but it might not be i don't i just don't know yet yeah <laughs> yeah you don't no one has a crystal ball 
Right? Yeah. Because yeah. like the, the percentage, like the chances is like it's probably won't going to go well. Yeah. You know? Strong. Yeah. Yeah. For us, uh, the best thing I think getting into the restaurant business is that it's hard work. Yeah. And it's one of those things, the more work you put in, the greater the return. Mm-hmm. And- um, you know, for us, it ultimately comes down to those personal relationships that we have with the staff, with the customers that come in. And I mean, there are like invaluable relationships that you create with the people you work with. Um, and we take pride in not having this kind of like hierarchy in our company whatsoever. It's you'll see owners bussing tables, cleaning dishes, you know, still see my father Dick and mangoes in an apron. I'm not going to say his age because he'll get mad, but you, know, <laughs> you start doing the math. 39. Yeah. He acts My dad 39. was always 39. Yeah. And you, know, you still go around busting tables and what ends up happening is that sets a trend and a motivation for a kid that might be in there that's 18 years old that's has his first serving job is going to say, hey, here's this guy that owns the business. doesn't have to be here, but wants to be here and wants to work alongside me. Maybe I'm going to go work a little bit harder. And um, that's something that I think both Alex and I have – taken on as a, an example and our company i think in general we just have such a good kind of relationship with all of our staff members and i appreciate going to work uh you know working alongside people is just something that i really enjoy and i think is important and the golden rule in the restaurant and anything in life is treat others the way you want to be treated and then if you do that you'll end up Doing pretty well. Kind of takes care of itself. Yeah. If you stick to, if you stick to basics of morality, upbringing, <laughs> ethics, being a good guy. Yeah. It kind of just, you know, it takes care of itself. Yeah. Work hard, you know, treat how this value you want to be treated, the golden rule. Yeah. Everything in the learning kindergarten. Yeah. That whole thing, you know. Yeah, there you go back. It's like, so. Thanks you know, for half the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, when uh, you're already full yeah. or, or whatever. Um, Brian Danver. Yeah. You know that name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's Great one of my fans. best friends. We were burning wood out in that fire pit a couple nights ago. Nice. And um, he worked at uh, Starboard yep. for a few summers. And um, he, he, when we taught him modern day together, he's a prep now, and I'm here. <laughs> um, and we're um, modern day. We always we have the same free prayer. We'd run right after lunch. Mm-hmm. So we run from. Uh, twelve forty-five to like one fifteen, and then you go right into athletics mm-hmm. because um, that's just the way it lines up. And uh, we'd always talk, and through that, it was sort of like a shared enjoyment of running. And <laughs> just like a, we're similar, um, we had all like, great conversations and built a great friendship. Anyway, that to the side. But he's like, when I was at Starboard, there's nobody that like you got you spec the heck out of your dad. Because of what you just said, mm-hmm. he leads from the front, um, and he's just—I uh, don't know—like nice, works hard, just leads by freaking example. Yeah, and he, Brian couldn't have better things to say about his experience there, especially um, in an, an organization when you see the leader doing exactly what you're supposed that you're that they want you to do. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a huge tip of the hat to. Heinberger, everything. Yeah, you just, I mean, the goal, if you can get- What needs to be done. Yeah, if you can get a goal in restaurant is if you can have staff, when they're talking amongst themselves, no one ever says, that's not my job, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. if you're a server and there's plates that need to be bussed, you help because it's just going to help the whole group as a whole. It's, hey, it's, I'm not a busser. That's not my job. You just never want to hear that in a restaurant. And I think that like um, 
for certain personality types. Like when you're saying you're in New York City and like financial crisis happened in 08, then you start doing odd jobs and you're like, this is fun. Yeah. You know, what is it, what needs to be done anywhere? I'm a bartender. I'll <laughs> be in sales. I'll just, I don't, I don't yeah. know. But t- tell me what to do and I'll, I'll treat the best I can and I'll probably enjoy it because I, that's sort of my personality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think you also, if you take it from the standpoint of like the brain is like, it needs like, the brain's a muscle. And you, you'll like go lift weights and everything. And if you do the curls every day, mm-hmm. the same way, it's not going to, your arms aren't yeah. going to get stronger. You're yeah. going to plateau at some point. You need yeah. muscle confusion. Yeah. You need stimulation. Yeah. So the idea of like doing different things is good for the, it's good for the brain and development. Man, that's the restaurant yeah. business. No one day is ever the same. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's yeah. always something that's going to go wrong. Something's <laughs> right. going to break. Someone doesn't show problem up. Problem solving. And it, and it's, it, it's exactly, it's problem solving. And, you know, if you can cooler heads prevail always yeah. too and if like you can sit there and not let the boat rock too much because you're going to have problems like in restaurant business there's always something wrong yeah but if you can kind of keep a cool level head and then that kind of your managers all kind of absorb that mentality and i've seen places and we've had people that worked with us where it's just like when you get very emotional or make rash decisions it's and it just trickles it's no fun it's no fun the, you know like you Set the thing. <clears throat> you said that. Yeah, you're gonna be down there doing this, that, and the other, and it's like it's almost like realizing, obviously, that like um, all the eyes will be on you mm-hmm. of your staff and your employees and everything, but act like they're not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Such that like don't just obviously just be you and like yeah, people are watching me. But I don't care. I'm the same yeah. now as I'm at home as I am with me or yeah. like, talking. It's just like. And uh, I think inevitably it's an, it's infinitely attractive, it's, it's, it's genuine realness. I think it's a human sort of thing. Just like people are attracted to it. You yeah. know, it's just like they're in they respond to it and they respect it because I think everyone at their core wants it. Yeah. You know, so that's like it transcends just like, obviously we're making Long Island iced teas and here's your cheeseburger with, you know, <laughs> yeah. extra, extra cheddar. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you're, it's, you're in a, the business of like helping people, be their best selves yeah. to an extent and yeah it's good stuff yeah yeah all right let's do this thing i'm gonna you got any parting words sir no man <laughs> come I to just, the mad hatter yeah no i uh <laughs> expect to see you down there maybe yeah, later tonight yeah, or yeah. some other time yeah. and i know I'm you're gonna... heading to the beach tomorrow mangoes will be open so uh if you want to go and see any of the family they'll be down there but appreciate oh, you great. having me on oh, great and, you yeah. know your family's always been uh you know thank you great to be you know Knowing you guys Thank and you. seeing Thank you around, driving in that red Wrangler in the in the beach. Last time I saw you, yeah, you were broken. Not the down. last time, but like a couple, <laughs> maybe last summer. It yeah. was trying to jump your car in front of DB Fries. I, I pulled. I, I got it going at the house. I was like, and I forgot that like I got it going at the house, and my gut kicked in, and I want a lobster roll from Surf's Up. Who does or, or not Surf's Up? Uh, DB Fry. <laughs> so I double parked it. Turn it off. Put my flashes on. I was like, oh, never turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, like the the I think one of the the lifeguards or like a cop or something yeah. had like a super duper jump thingy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a story for another day. Something <laughs> another like that. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna play a little of this though. Oops, it's not in the. It's not plugged in there. Yeah, I gotta get down to uh, the Hatter, bro. And we're Whoa. back. And we're back. What just happened? Did anything happen? <laughs> Full circle, baby.
all my friends, and Eric's going to be one of them. <laughs> you know? There you go. Thanks, man. There We're friends. Bring it all around. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bro. Cheers, bro. Happy Thanksgiving. Yep. Happy and Thanksgiving. So to that's going to be a ball, smashing yep. success. Thanks, man. Bye bye. What you just heard was a pillar of community. What lights your fire? What gets you out of bed? What speaks in your heart? These are the questions of pillars. And it is these pillars who have the answers. Pillars live these personal truths with with hearts on fire every day and with everything they do. And this is why they stand pillars of community. In Fuego, Billy Garish. Pillars of Community Podcast Production 2021. Be a pillar.